Chapter Fifteen of Twenty Minutes Late by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen: A Long, Wonderful Day. Good morning," said a cheery voice just at her elbow. So absorbed had she been with her own thoughts that Doctor Forsythe had pushed aside the curtains and entered noiselessly without her knowing it. Here you are, as fresh as the morning which is fortunate for my little dorothy is in such a state of excitement and expectancy that i hardly know how she could have waited much longer she is at this moment taking breakfast in her room i believe i will take you directly there she will like to serve you to a glass of milk with her own hands you have breakfasted i suppose oh yes sir a long time ago said caroline following the doctor's swift movements down the long hall ah that is fortunate also because now you will not mind taking a second one with dorothy i was obliged to take mine very early also so dorothy and her grandmother had theirs sent to their rooms so there was a grandmother in this home caroline had not heard of her before and but for the fact that there was so much to look at would have set to wondering what she was like by this time they were at the top of the long flight of stairs and were moving swiftly down another hall where half-open doors on either side revealed glimpses of beautiful rooms which reminded caroline of judge dunmore's parlor here we are at last the doctor said and he threw wide open a door on his left bringing to view a room so lovely that caroline could not repress a little exclamation of delight it had many long low windows from two of which the morning sun was streaming it was carpeted in some soft thick stuff of a delicate cream color bestrewn with delicately tinted autumn leaves at one end of the room was a great white rug of softest fur near which was a large easy chair of luxurious pattern in the depths of which sat dorothy at this moment a pretty table drawn near her on which stood a silver salver with a dainty breakfast spread temptingly upon it there was a large alcove near one of the sunny windows the curtains of which being only partially looped showed a beautiful bedstead in white and gold indeed those two colors prevailed wherever one's eyes rested and the small golden-haired child in a white merino wrapper fitted elegantly into the surroundings has she come said dorothy raising herself on one elbow to look eagerly past her father then she caught a glimpse of caroline oh i am so glad now you will take some breakfast with me i have been saving it it is so very desolate to eat alone dr forsythe rolled a great easy-chair to the table's side and motioned caroline to a seat before he answered the bell which just then tinkled that is papa's bell said dorothy nodding toward the little white knob in the wall it always rings when he comes to see me it is just as though the people knew he had stopped for a minute and did not want him to do you suppose i can ever tell you how glad i am that you have come you know i told you how lonely i got with only nurse to talk to of course i have others every little while but sometimes when i want them most i can't have them will you eat a piece of the steak it is very good i suppose 
i tried to eat some to please papa but i am not hungry this morning perhaps i can eat now that i have somebody to help me isn't it nice to have you all to myself do you suppose you will like me i do not see how i could help it said caroline trying not to laugh but i do not think i can eat much breakfast not this morning i had mine almost two hours ago yet while she spoke she put a bit of the steak to her lips and was forced to tell herself that it was very different from that served at conductor brinker's table it seemed surprising that dorothy could not eat such breakfasts as this presently she found opportunity to ask the question which she found was uppermost haven't you a grandmother dorothy yes said the little girl gravely but she is not at all like the grandmothers in books she isn't shaking her head as caroline gave her an inquiring look and waited for an explanation she is very good and everybody respects her the dashes stand for a curious little pause which dorothy made before she pronounced the word but she wears black silk dresses a good deal and ruffles and does not like to have them rumpled she does not have any place for heads to rest and be petted you know and she thinks that papa pets me too much and makes me have less strength than i would have she says little girls are brought up very differently from what they were when she was young and she thinks her way was the best she is father's mother and we all love her of course but she is not like a grandmother in a book not in the least caroline began to understand that day was a very remarkable one to caroline bryant several times during its progress she felt as though she must get by herself somewhere and write to ben there were so many wonderful things to describe but by evening she began to feel as though it would be of no use to write any letters she could never do justice to the subject dorothy's eager interest in her new possession did not flag in the least she spent the entire day in showing her through the rooms explaining the uses of many things which were entirely new to caroline and asking her questions about a life which was equally strange to her one experience gave caroline a mixed sensation she could not be sure which was the stronger pleasure or pain dr forsythe had looked in hurriedly to say dorothy you must not forget to take your friend to mrs packard's room and ask her to give her what attention is needed and it should be done before twelve o'clock you know then he turned to caroline mrs packard is the member of our family who does the planning and is buying for us all we wear as a rule what she selects as proper of course we are allowed an opinion which may weigh with her and may not she understands that she is to add you to her list and get for you what you may need between this and tomorrow morning it is merely a matter of business you know your mother and i have exchanged letters and we understand one another perfectly caroline felt that he added this last in kindness to her because her cheeks had flushed and her eyes dropped it seemed so very strange to have any other person than her mother planning as to her needs and it seemed so very trying to have to need things which her mother had not provided but dorothy took it all as a matter of course oh yes 
she said we must go to mrs packard directly has your trunk come caroline she will have to go through it you know to find what you need and you will have to answer dozens of questions it is rather tiresome but we will go at once and have done with it dr forsythe had already gone caroline drew back from the open door must i go she said pitifully to dorothy i do not think i need anything just now and it seems very strange oh but papa said so you know it is all very well for papa to say we have to do as mrs packard says but the truth is we have to do just as he says every one of us mrs packard and all and he has told her what to do for you you needn't mind caroline it is always pleasant to do as papa says come said dorothy and caroline went mrs packard was tall and grave with gray eyes and thin lips the gray eyes were very keen they embarrassed caroline she had a feeling that her thoughts were being looked at and commented upon oh yes said mrs packard this is the young person is it i remember well there is no time to be lost i should judge i had your trunk sent up to your room a short time ago we will look through it at once and make a memoranda miss dorothy will you come with us or sit here and rest your papa is afraid you will overtax your strength to-day i will come if you please said dorothy papa is always afraid of that i will sit in caroline's easy chair and rest as they crossed the room caroline had a vision of herself in the tall glass a somewhat overgrown girl in a dress which was too short for her and whose sleeves were not made in the prevailing style and whose waist did not fit so well as it used these things she realized as she had not before she began to realize them when mrs packard said looking her over from head to foot there is no time to be lost i should judge the first glimpse of her own room nearly took her breath away they had not been admitted when dorothy had undertaken to show it to her a chambermaid had assured her that there was sweeping going on and she must wait so caroline followed mrs packard into it for the first time such a lovely room opening out of dorothy's not so large as hers but sunny and furnished with exquisite taste even to a cunning little writing-desk in the corner do you like it asked dorothy i wanted you here right beside me nurse sleeps on the other side of my room where the folding doors are at first i wanted you there but papa would not consent to it he said this was quite as near as the other if there were not folding doors and i planned how the furniture should be arranged do you like it it is lovely said caroline softly and it was then that she decided there would be no use in trying to put this day into a letter for ben mrs packard was a woman of business she went rapidly over the contents of the little trunk shaking out with unceremonious hand caroline's poor plain dresses which had never before looked so few and plain she made no comments even her questions were very few there is not much to ask about after all she said caroline could not be sure what she meant please stand my dear and let me measure you 
i think that will be sufficient without your going downtown ready-made things are never a very perfect fit but i think i can manage it i will take this dress with me and this sack and one shoe that ought to be sufficient caroline could only look on bewildered why her best dress and sack and one shoe should have the honor of going somewhere with mrs packard and what was to be the result of their journey was more than she could fathom there seemed nothing for her but submission at luncheon she saw the stately grandmother in her black silk dress and ruffles she looked handsome and dignified and cold so this is the child she said looking at her with cold blue eyes she is rather young to have charge of dorothy i think i can trust her the doctor said kindly sit here caroline this is to be your seat at table hereafter you trust too easily sometimes kent his mother said but the doctor only laughed and asked caroline if she liked grapes luncheon was hard to manage caroline did not know which spoon to use for her soup and which for her jelly and she dropped a tiny drop of soup on the elegant cloth and felt that the grandmother's eyes were on her it had startled and frightened her to think of having always a seat at this grand table without having given the matter much thought she found that she had not supposed she would take her meals at the same table with dr forsythe altogether when the brown head rested at last among the plump pillows of her new bed its owner felt that she had lived a month since morning and was never so tired before though what should have tired me said the puzzled girl i really can't imagine i have done nothing at all to-day i wonder what i'm to do i wish they had let me begin to-day once she had asked dorothy what her work was to be and the child had looked at her with a puzzled laugh and said why i don't know you are to be happy i suppose papa says that is my work one experience had closed the day over which caroline lay with wide-open eyes thinking dorothy in white wrapper with her hair tucked away for the night had called to her new friend will you come and read with me here is a seat in my great wide chair it is plenty wide enough for two papa often sits here isn't it nice now will you read to me or shall we each read a verse caroline chose the latter arrangement and found that the reading was from dorothy's large beautifully bound bible her clear slow voice sounded very sweet rolling out the words we have a strong city salvation will god appoint for walls and bulwarks now dorothy had said at the close of the reading will you pray first or shall i caroline's cheeks were aflame i never pray aloud she murmured with the slightest perceptible pause between the last two words do you not i always do even when quite alone it is nicer i think it gets you used to hearing your own voice papa says so don't you want to begin to-night i couldn't hear you if you said the words to yourself then she had noticed caroline's glowing face and governed by a sweet impulse of unselfishness and care for the feelings of others had added 
but never mind if you'd rather not perhaps it makes you feel lonesome and homesick poor caroline you want your mother don't you for by that time the tears had forced their way down caroline's red cheeks and dorothy had pushed her bible from her to lean forward and kiss them away it was her slow sweet voice which said the words of prayer that night simple childlike words but wonderful to caroline because of their assured way of speaking as though of course she was heard and would be answered she prayed for caroline's home and friends by name and brought a fresh rush of tears it is true but they were not bitter ones the prayer was very short but its influence kept caroline awake long after her head was resting on its pillow uppermost among her thoughts was the question what would dorothy have said if she had told her that she did not pray at all of course i say the lord's prayer said the poor girl turning on her pillow which had already been warmed by her flushed cheek but that isn't praying it never sounds like her prayer it just seems to be saying over words she is a christian and so are ben and mamma and even little daisy oh dear me and the day ended in a great burst of tears there was another thing which troubled caroline all this long wonderful day she had seen nothing of dorothy's mother heard nothing concerning her it seemed very strange and to tell the simple truth caroline was afraid of her End of chapter fifteen